0: This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuchot Vavadji. We are back as every Monday between 2 to 3. Studying a new period of time, a period of comfort, a period of after Tisha a period of looking forward for the next um, future. What are we facing in the future? As well as today is a very special day known as Tuba Av. What do we know about Tuba Av? Uh, a lot of people of us know about the the tradition that Tu and Yom Kippur was a time that the girls would go out, the boys would go and find their Shiduchim and their match uh, for life, but there's more to it, which we're going to be discussing later on in the show. Very busy show happening today. We're going to be having on the show a professional uh, from a conference that's happening here right now in Johannesburg, from a her name is psychologist called Carol Carol Dixon she's going to speak to us regarding what they do in um helping couples uh, through challenges we're going to have here in studio Cindy Silberg who's a matchmaker uh, you've heard her on the radio before in other areas but this is the first time I think she's going to be coming and to talk about her other professional things that she does later on we're going to have Rabbi Schwab, who's here from overseas, he's going to be coming into the studio talking to us about what is the future, what are we looking forward to, when the good days are going to come. All that and many more are happening today here on the show. Before we start, obviously anything that you have to say about education, about the days, about Tubav, what is your perspective about Tubav? how do you experience in Judea, Jew, uh, Jewish life? Please share with us, Oh six two. 148 is the WhatsApp line. And if you're in South Africa, you could also send an SMS. Three four five one nine three four five one nine is the SMS line. You could always email us at onair at hivefem.com. You could call in the studio. 0-7-4-6-5-4-7-3-3-5. That is the number for the studio. What does Tuba'av mean to us? It's a day that we're obviously going to be talking today about relations, about connections, about couples. And I think we're going to go straight and start with uh, Carol Dixon. Good afternoon, Carol. Thank you so much for being with us. Carol, do you hear us? Okay, so for some reason I can't hear Carol here, so we're going to have to get back to her very shortly. I'll just tell you in the meantime, Carol is a part of a big, very big conference happening here, which with a few psychologists, one of them actually came from overseas Thank from you? America. Mm-hmm. Carol, are you with us? I am. You, uh, okay, so now we can hear you. Um, just for the listeners, I'm talking now to Carol Dixon. You are placed here in South Africa in Durban, I believe. Yes,
1: that's correct. I'm in Durban.
0: Okay. And you are a psychologist that your profession is in relations between couples?
1: Yes. I am a psychologist specializing in couples counseling, couples therapy, and specifically um, the modality of Imago relationship therapy.
0: Okay. Isn't relationships so simple? Why would we need professionals in that area?
1: Oh, Rabbi G, um, <laughs> relationship of... You don't
0: have to answer and that.
1: Absolutely, yeah, the opposite. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was, uh, yeah. yeah, that's
1: an oxymoron. <laughs> Ex-
0: okay, so you are holding a conference here in Johannesburg right now?
1: Yes, Do- we are. We, Imago uh, Africa is an organization that uh, trains therapists and uh, we also provide supportive workshops for couples and we are hosting an amazing woman and her husband from from America, Heidi Schlafer, She is here to teach us so that we can take it further okay. um, and really deepen our work with couples.
0: I actually believe some of our listeners maybe have known her from TED Talks.
1: Yes, she's uh, she's very well known uh, internationally, and um, yeah, she's she's well known for. Uh, helping people, couples, individuals, and organizations, and also um, internationally, she's done work with um, Israeli-Arab relations to help deepen a connection of understanding and bring healing and nurturing um, Internationally, so she's got a lot that she she um, Carries.
0: Hard to know which Um, relationship is more complicated the Israeli Arabs or the couples
1: Oh, you know what? It's almost like um, there's so many similarities um, because sometimes as a couple, we feel like we do live in different worlds. So um, sometimes my husband feels like he he lives in a completely different um, country to me, speaks a different language, sees things differently to me. And so part of the process that we use in Imago is teaching couples how to cross the bridge or teaching pairs. Or, uh, nations, how to cross the bridge and to really encounter one another as human beings, essence to essence, with our true humanity um, and not with all the protection of the way we survive and the way we isolate um, ourselves and one another from pain. So it's, it's really a very deep, uh, sacred, holy process, actually, of experiencing the truth and the authenticity um, and depth of, of one another's essence.
0: And when we look at the the difficulties that uh, couples at this time in, of, of life, two thousand and seventeen, challenge, what what do you think would be the main challenge that we're facing today,
1: Rabbi G? Mm. Listening, people do not listen to each other. They um, and and that you know whether you're dealing with a problem that stems from oh, how do you pack the dishwasher, what is the right and wrong way to pack the dishwasher, and the way couples bicker over small things, uh, parenting, their sex life, finances, um, in-law problems, whatever the um, the content of the conflict and difficulties that couples do experience, um, it really doesn't really matter to us. The problem resides in the incapacity of couples to really stop and take time and listen and listen in a generative way not just listening so that i can respond or listening so that i you know that i can answer it's really visiting and being with one another
0: um, experience
1: and experience the, the other side yes it's visiting the other
0: side and and try and is it and is, is it worse now because we're so stressed is it worse now because life is so intense because uh, what what makes it different than the previous generations?
1: I do think it is because we're so stressed. I think it's also social media and the Internet and that we are used to, um, you know, connecting at a very superficial level. So we don't take the time to sit down and really look at one another, look in one another's eyes, breathe, slow down and just be together. In a very quiet, meaningful space. It's like if you if you don't listen to me and you don't understand what I'm saying in the first two or three sentences, then you know, kind of, you've lost me, and I move on, and you move on. So we. So just being a like
0: is not enough today.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, do I have to talk? You know, do I really have to talk? Um, And do I have to listen to you? And also, I think the expectations that. When we do talk to each other, there's an expectation that it's not going to be a meaningful encounter; that it's going to be um, a correcting or a criticizing, you know, or I've done something wrong. And so we avoid those kinds of connections because it doesn't feel nurturing.
0: Do you find lots of couples feeling that that um, they're being they're scared to talk because maybe they'll be criticised? Just, they're scared you know. to talk,
1: yes. They're scared to talk because they may be criticized. They're scared to be vulnerable because it doesn't feel safe. They're scared that their partner is going to defend themselves and not really hear their p- point of view. They're scared to express their feelings because those feelings may be minimized um, or contradicted. I mean, I have, uh, I really find it so interesting when, say, uh, a husband says to his wife, um, you know, I'm really angry, and she might respond, well, don't be angry.
0: Oh, that sure <laughs> helps. I'm sure that helps. Okay. Yeah. And, and people actually use that way of, of communication, and you come and you step in and train them in a in a more positive way of communication or more listening instead of answering? How would it work?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, the, we know from research that only 7% of communication is to do with the words we use. of communication is, is to do with our body language, our facial expression, our eyes, our tone of voice. And, you know, with something like a thousand muscles in the face, we are so in tune and intuitive in picking up meaning and tone of voice behind the words. And so what we teach with couples is to stay very, very present with each other with a lot of eye contact. We get them to sort of sit opposite each other so that they can see each other and they can read and feel each other's presence. We also do believe that communication happens, particularly in marriage, through the sense of touch. The skin is the largest um, organ of our body. And a lot of the time when couples are communicating, they're not even touching each other, especially when they're trying to deal with difficult topics. They don't touch each other, so we have we encourage couples to sit together, hold hands, look at each other, breathe together. take So basically, time. you
0: you step in and you train the whole communication from top from beginning to end. You look through yeah. the whole relation of um, of connection, I guess, the form of way of uh, uh, experiencing each other.
1: You're a hundred percent right. We help couples to experiencing each other and to experience the space between them. And, and to really connect at that level, at that deep level, and we slow things down. Okay, and so. we, don't, we don't facilitate um, problem-solving necessarily, although sometimes there are problems to be solved. What happens is in that space when couples feel deeply connected, there's a little saying that says, where there are two solutions to a problem, pick the third. And once I've heard you and really listened to you, not with my head but with my heart, and understood you and validated you, and once you've heard me and listened to me and validated me and really heard me with your heart, it's amazing how this uh, emergence of a possibility that neither of us may have even considered emerges um, in the space between, and that create that results in creativity in moving forward with um, with solutions or, or ideas to take um, to, to step out of the problem solving mode
0: and and be able to, to see another vision, another way together as a couple. So if anybody wants to be in touch with you, how would they do that?
1: Okay, so first of all um, there is the website which is um Imago spelt with an I, so I-M-A-G-O Africa.co.za. Then my own email which is Imago CD, so my name is Carol Dixon so cd at gmail.com and then my telephone number, which is my business line is 082-463-1467.
0: Okay. So if anybody wants to be in touch regarding the conferences happening, and I understand that there is a lot of work also happening in Johannesburg. It's even though you're not from here, but you are um, spread out through the country and there's an answer mm-hmm. anywhere.
1: Yes, we are spread out across the country. I am currently in Johannesburg for the events that are taking place in August. We have events for couples, workshops for couples. We have training for therapists. We have um, next week we have an amazing training for people in the media, presenters, um, public speakers, motivational speakers. We have an incredible workshop helping them to learn how to deeply connect with their audience. So that's, uh, that's a powerful workshop. And then, of course, the couples work.
0: Wow, sounds like a lot of happening. Thank you so much for being with us, and I wish you lots of success in all the conferences and everything that's happening right now in town and throughout the month and the country.
1: Thank you, Rawaji, and uh, thank you so much for the time that you've given me. I really appreciate the connection.
0: Uh, Okay, it's all about (laughs) talking. I guess.
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah. right. Uh, okay, thank you so much for being with us. That was Carol Dixon, who's here in Johannesburg right now in a conference regarding relations, connections, uh couples learning how to uh, get a better relationship, a way to talk, a way to connect. And, yeah, if anybody wants to be in touch with her or see what there is to do. We've had their details. Okay, coming up in the show, we are short for time. We don't have, and there's still a lot to come here up in the show. We're going to have to take a short break for ads and then when we'll be back, we'll be back with Cindy Silberg and we're going to talk with her about matchmaking. In the special day to Bav, which is comes up and we'll see the relevance for it right now. 101.9 Chai FM, with Rabbi G. We will be right back. Radio that's better than the rest. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Hi FM, Chai Chinechut Rabbi G. We are back and we are discussing um, relations, connections. We just had uh, Carol, who's a psychologist uh, well-known throughout the country from Durban, who's hosting um, right now a conference here in Johannesburg. And in studio, I have here Cindy Silberg. Cindy is a matchmaker, she's so been Doing other projects in the community, but this is like a a, a goal uh, a big thing came together and there 's a very important question I want to ask her regarding Tubaav that is today and good afternoon. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Good afternoon. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay. And my question is like this. Let's go straight to the question. Okay. To we all we uh, we always remember it as the day that um, uh, the Shidduch day, the day that people get to know each other. But really, it started from something else. It started, that was the day when the tribes decided that they could marry into each other, which means when the nation started, each tribe would stay with their own tribe, marry each other. And that was a, too, too bad was the time, the Bible tell us, tells us that it was a time that other tribes started mixing into each other. And which got me thinking, today, in our time of history of life and stage, how does marriage between two different tribes, two different people, work? And many times people say, and I'm going to make me uh, say a lot but before we start, I, I hear many times that um, we are so... Uh, um, I don't want to say spoiled today, but like everything is so simple and easy and we have what we have and we, and uh, uh, we don't wear something if it's not the color we want, right? Um, It's not, uh, if previous generations we had the right shirt, we had a shirt that was amazing. We didn't have to choose the color, choose the way we looked, choose everything. And today, people saying, no, I want to marry somebody from my community, my area, my language, m- knows the same stories, laughs from the same jokes, relationship. And maybe we're losing out. We're losing out relations between overseas, other countries, other families. How does it work today?
2: So um, how it works today is um, basically there is um, different communities that do marry into each other and different countries that marry into each other. Um, as it is, um, marriage is um, hard and relationships are hard. So you want to put um, someone who's got a similar background, someone who's got dif- um, similar customs to um, together because as it is, to even work out a relationship is difficult. So you try not to have other obstacles in the way.
0: Does it make it harder?
2: Um, does it make it harder? I guess each relationship's different and you have to work. So if you prepare to work at your relationship... Um, you know, then it should be okay. But sometimes it is harder because sometimes there is a cultural difference. People get brought up in a different way. There are different cultures and a different way of saying things. And it could take a while to learn that from each other.
0: Because I have to say that I, I remember from years ago, one of my relatives married a, a guy from a different country. They didn't even speak the same language. And they had a language that they understood each other pretty much. But... Our family had no clue to speak his language and his family did not understand our language. It wasn't that close of a relative. And I would I just remember the image of her sitting and explaining every word to her husband and him sitting and explaining every word to his wife. And I actually think that it created a tremendous bond between them. It was actually something positive for their relationship. Is doesn't it or you would say, No, the obstacles today that was maybe twenty years ago and the challenges today are so strong it's too much for us.
2: Well, first of all, what I'm going to say is Hashem is in charge, and if you mean to marry someone from a different country, you are going to. But saying that, um, like. When Completely. I match people up, I do try and match people up from as similar backgrounds as can be. Some people with similar values, people going in similar directions. Um, as it is, because you want to iron out those issues. As it is, it's, it's still it's difficult to build that relationship, and you do want to iron out those issues that you can iron out.
0: Are people too scared to hear about people that are not from their culture, their area?
2: Um, some people are very, like, stuck on only wanting to date South Africans, but others um, actually like the overseas culture. So, actually, I get calls all the time from communities from overseas um, all the time that they want South Africans, and I have matched up. You know, some communities overseas, like people from London or small-town America, um, are very similar to South Africans. So um, Where?
0: What What countries?
2: So I'm saying, um, I said London, and okay. I'm saying um like the smaller towns in America, like L.A. in the, like, valley. Out like, of town. I mean, you're out of town, I should out say. Out okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the countries like that.
0: So maybe this is an unfair question, but the people that come call from all over the world, the people that call you, are they people that are starting uh looking for a spouse now or are there actually people that pretty much gave up in their areas and now they're only open to look for around the world?
2: So I get both. I do get both. Some people, especially people who were ex South Africans, want South Africans and they do um call, you know, they want to see what South Africans are available, if anyone's suitable for their child. Um so, so if you both. meet a
0: girl that. that's she comes and says, listen, I have this great Afro overseas. I'm too scared. I want my, my area, South Africa, the area I know, the people I know. What do, you, what, what do you tell them?
2: Are you saying someone from here?
0: Someone from here or whatever it is, somebody from overseas, but that it's too scared to move on and meet somebody <clears throat> from a different country. Would you say, I get it, I understand, leave it? Or would you encourage them actually to look into other cultures and other areas? Well, it
2: depends on their situation. Um, that's, it's very depending on that, like whether they, um, what they want out of life, um, you know, what they want out of a spouse, and whether it's, um, realistic, whether they're gonna get it here. Um, it also, um, you know, could be that, um, oh wait, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there.
0: You, you were saying but about how reality is them, for, for them to meet somebody in their community, or? Yes,
2: yeah, so and they, and also if they've tried in their community, you know, and, and you can see that they, it's not working out. And, you know, we do have a small community, and, um, you know, sometimes we do have to branch out and see what other options there are.
0: Okay, so you're saying that it's something that could work and, and would be a good idea, but uh, you would uh, recommend to, to s- first look around your area and see who you're comfortable with.
2: Definitely. That you know, they you always say you should marry the girl from next door, so definitely. Do they?
0: Yeah, nobody I've told heard me, it. I've heard but I'm it. happy nobody told me because I'm very happy. So thank God. <laughs> okay. This is actually a topic I would really love to hear the listeners what they have to say about it. Unfortunately, our lines are down, and I'm not getting SMSs or WhatsApps. And I'm sure from knowing the topic that things are coming in. So, I guess yeah, don't. I, I wouldn't ask anybody to send an SMS or. Um, a message, but if you have and you want to say something, you could call it in at 0746547335. That is the lan- the line you can call in studio. Unfortunately, uh, the messages are not coming up right now, so I guess we have to lose out the the thoughts of the community. What uh, if anybody wants to be in touch with you? Uh, wants wants you maybe to help them meet somebody? How do they get in touch with you?
2: So they can phone me on my cell phone. My number okay. is 083. Double four five zero seven four zero. And I'm always happy to help and I'm always happy to, you know, talk through with them what they're looking for or, or just have the discussion with them. And, um, even if they just need help or help them find the person that they're looking for.
0: Cause matchmaking is more than just here's a name, here's a name. I'm assuming that there's a whole process you go through with people.
2: Definitely. And I don't, I see people as humans and not just as a resume and not just as a name. I work with, them as a human being and who they are and i make sure that they feel heard and try and match them up with people who they've the type of person that they've asked for i think that's very important to hear them and give them their space
0: and how many couples have you married yet or who's counting
2: um a couple. i know <laughs> of a
0: few myself so you have a, a good resume. <laughs> yeah, like so that.
2: careful. Thank God.
0: Okay, so thank God. So I wish you lots of atzlacha. Thank you so much All for right. sharing with us. This is a special day—the day, in my eyes, that that we were uh, allowed from now on to marry into the other tribes, that the whole Jewish nation could come and get together through marriage, through families. And uh, I let's hope that by next Tu you'll have a whole new range of couples that that you've got together.
2: Please God.
0: Correct. That was Cindy Stilberg. Thank you so much for being with us. We're going to have to take a short break, and right after we come back, we're going to have Rabbi Schwab. Rabbi Schwab is visiting here in town right now, and what I want to discuss with him is we've been discussing last few weeks uh, the big loss, how our nation is suffering uh, without the Temple, without the Besamek without the Mashiach, without um, everything we had, our relationship with God. And now is the time to... Step forward and see what are we hoping for? What are we looking towards? What's what is there to to um, to hope for? Because yes, we are in a very difficult situation, but what can we do? This is the period of time when we change from crying to actually trying to build up and working and um, continuing. So we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back here with Rabbi Schwab. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. 101.9 IFM, Chaychen Echut Rabbi G. We are back for the last final interview for this hour. We've had a lot going on uh, regarding relations, connection, connections, conference happening here in the city. A um, lot going on. It was... Uh, I mentioned before that the SMS line, WhatsApp line is down, so please don't send right now any SMSs. You could always call an at 0746547335. Actually, last interview with... Um, Cindy, as soon as she said her number, I guess because uh, everything's down here, the phone started reading r- ringing right away, so yeah, I guess you can call directly. So, um, up to last week, the last few shows, I'm sure the listeners have noticed, we haven't had music on the show, we've had only um, a cappella music, a uh, very uh, slow uh, tone, it was a very difficult time, we went through a very difficult three weeks. For the Jewish nation, the three weeks that we remembered that uh, the Messiah is not here, three weeks that we remembered that we don't have the temple mountain three, that we don't have the base we don't have the relationship through the house of god and it's it was a very hard period of time it is always a very hard period of time through those three weeks um, when when we feel the the pain that we don't have, however. The reality is that even though we moved on to the next point, even though we moved on to hope, we moved on to a point of uh, what can we do now. As we read and, and whoever of our listeners go to Shul and Shabbos, they know that the first, uh, after the three weeks of mourning, we have seven weeks that we read uh, comforting things to comfort us to understand how we can move on. However, what I want to discuss now is how do we live the moment we have our lives we have the things that we're worried about we have our day-to-day lives we have our careers we have our families we have our jobs we have things to worry about we have a government or we don't we have politics we have so much around us and how do we remember our identity how do we live the life of the future There was a guy, a rabbi, a very holy rabbi, who uh, uh, the newspapers at the time uh, wrote about him, that he was a righteous man. Uh, I'm not talking about the Jewish newspapers. When he passed away, his name is Rabbi Schwab. He lived in Muncie, in America. He was a person who, from what I'm hearing, he lived day to day, and every moment, he lived the life that's going to be. He lived the life uh, that we are aiming for and we are wishing for. Rabbi Schwab's son who's also Rabbi Schwab, a uh, well-known rabbi in Israel, is here visiting in South Africa. And I asked him to come to the studio to share with us a little bit those moments, those little points, how can we, in our day-to-day uh, pressured, we could say, life, uh, could feel the connection, can feel what we're missing, can feel what we have to hope to. And I think it would be the best to hear it straight from him. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us, Rabbi Schwab. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. My pleasure. So one come and say, where does the future, the life that's gonna be, come into my thoughts on day to day basis?
3: Look it shouldn't it shouldn't be very hard. Uh, you know, the Chovetz Chaim constantly wrote about the coming of the Mashiach. But you can see from his writings that Mashiach was very far from people's minds. And the Chovetz Chaim constantly talked about it, tried to arouse the people to think about Mashiach. Of course, the tzaddikim and the the righteous people, they always had Mashiach in their mind. But the average person didn't have it. Nowadays, it's really not hard to, to see how necessary Mashiach is! Wherever you go, the places are falling apart. Wherever you go, look. We, we, we. we well, maybe uh, we're too busy to think about it. No, I don't think. Even if you're busy, even if you're busy, we all read the newspapers, and as busy as we are, we turn on the radio and we hear what's happening. We hear what's happening. Just what happened recently, you know. The the the, the Israeli government put up these metal detectors because there was a killing on Harabais. We were forced to take it down. This is in supposedly our country where we thought we're not in Galut, but we are in Galut there too. And the reason for this is because the Shekhinah is not with us. The Shekhinah is missing.
0: We don't have the relationship with God. Yeah, we don't have have that
3: relationship. When we correct that, everything will be fine. May may I add, Chobot Chayim says that... um, says that uh, in order for Mashiach to come he brings us down from the Medrish, there are five ingredients that you need he says when the Jews went out of Egypt they had these five ingredients Ingredients. now when Mashiach comes there it will also, it also be five ingredients one of the things is Tzarot
0: are, are troubles, uh, troubles difficulties V we can tick it that's fine, that's everybody, fine. Knows, everybody knows everybody knows we're having trouble and difficulty times and yeah okay. it, now, I mean, the, the next one next one, the next one yeah. we can't tick so quickly and that's tshuva
3: repentance Okay there's some repentance and people are becoming closer to religion but they'll also believing religion but there is some a measure of
0: repentance then there is I have to say from the field and from people that I see it's it's actually surprising sometimes how much people are coming and getting interested in Judaism people that had knew nothing or just want to know what's who they are which is, uh, I, I, is a, I think, one yeah. of very strong points. That's, That's one of the signs. That's one of the signs.
3: But also, people who think they're from, people who think they're observant, they also have to do repentance. Yeah, we all got to get better. <laughs> we all got to improve. Repentance, is not for the other
0: person, It's for us too. Okay, and then there is you know, And I have to, I have to add one thing in that. I, I was just sitting, and this week, and I was sitting in a in a, a place that we're talking about somebody. I'm not going to say what and where, and. It clicked with the difference of the way we see in in Judaism, in Judaism eyes and in the real life, and not real life, I guess, in in the day-to-day life. And it was like this. Whenever somebody ends off a speech, I know you're a well-known speaker and you know what I'm going to talk about. Whenever somebody ends off a speech, how did he, what does he bless the person that he's speaking about? I give you a blessing that you'll grow and achieve. As we say in Hebrew, I give you a blessing that you should become a better person uh, um, and just achieve more in life. And I, I, I just, for one time, too many was in an event and I heard them speaking about the guy and they say, we just bless you that you'll stay who you are and bless you that you'll stay the same. <laughs> and, and and it's a very big a difference of how we we view it. So I think we all have to grow and we all have to not stay who we are.
3: That's true. And then there's the, the third, the third ingredient is rachamanut. Is we have to, we have to, we, uh, Hashem has to have mercy on us. With all that we do, it's not enough, it's not enough what we do, it has to come, Hashem has to have mercy. Chavetz Chaim brings the midrash, it brings sukim, it brings verses from the Torah to prove each point. Now, the other, the fourth ingredient is schut avot. You need the merits of our forefathers, the promises of Av- that our Baruch made to Avrom and Yitzchok and Yaakov because of their merits. He's going to help us. And the fifth ingredient is that the time has to come. Okay. Says the Chavetz Chaim, he brings the Medrash and he says, the truth is, these are only aids for the Geula. They're not essential for the Geula. The essential part is chuva. He brings another Chazal. Chazal say, hey, um, uh, can't remember who this was, but he asked uh, Eliyahu An-Navi, "When are you coming to forecast the Geula?" So he says, "Hayom im b'kola tushmo. Today, I will come today if you listen to me. Chavez Chaim said, if we did tshuva properly, then 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 Mashiach would come. We don't need all these ingredients. Chavez Chaim says. When the time comes for Mashiach to come, and he says we're in the time of Mashiach, in his time, he said we're in the time, certainly nowadays, when things have deteriorated even further, we're in the time of Mashiach. He says you need a little bit of tshuva, but if you did tshuva properly, you don't have to wait for the final time. And the Chavetz Chaim says another point.
0: But let me just ask him that. One will come and say, then, if that's the case, that we really need to do the tshuva, the getting closer, and the personal work, will come one and say, I'm one Jew out of roughly fifteen million, or how many we are, and he'll say, I'm not sure the number, uh, and he'll say, what is my effect? What does it help if I do something about it? If if I'm such a small uh, um, factor in the big picture?
3: Okay. Uh, the the uh, look. It's true, you know, you're one person, but our entire nishamas are connected. We're all part of one big soul. And when you do tshuva, it has an effect on everybody. And it's true, it might not be enough to bring the gula, because I'm sure there are many tzaddikim who did perfect tshuva, and they didn't bring the gula, but it certainly brought things a step closer. So different. even if I don't
0: get the full achievement, if you, I, if I get everything a step closer. I would imagine you would bring it a step
3: closer, and that's also, uh, it's also, uh, a tremendous smile. The <laughs> comes
0: a day sooner, and because of your tshuva, we've done it, we've accomplished a lot. Now, I know this discussion just started, but we're really running out of time. I want you to share with us, if you don't mind this, can you express, you have seen your father's or other yeah. people that ex- felt it. Give us a story of something, somebody who really felt the, my, the my father thing. lived with
3: Mashiach constantly. Whatever he thought about, even plans he made, he didn't make plans. He, say, he said you were not allowed to make, he felt you weren't allowed to make plans for more than 12 months. Because you have to, have to take factor in the Mashiach factor. And therefore he stayed away from plans. He had other, hezbonot, other reasons why he didn't, didn't do this. He believed in walking with Hashem. And, uh, I give you a few examples. Uh, one example is, I got a letter from him after Tisha B'av, and he says, this Tisha B'av, he felt, he used the word Kvushabagola begola, trapped in the galut, terribly. I felt the galus very strongly. It was unbearable for me. But he said, when we read in the Torah, that when a will disperse you amongst the nations, and you will do tshuva, and you will seek Hashem with all your heart and all your soul, Kisim you will find him. You will find him. Okay, when, when you look for him seriously, you will find him. He says, that consoled him. He says, I can be with Hashem even if I'm not in to Israel, Even if I'm not, the gula hasn't come he you can still be with Hashem. But
0: he made an interesting comment. You're the first rabbi that's not telling all South Africans you must go to Israel on the show. He's saying we can well, have a relationship here. Yeah, you <laughs> okay. could, you could. But okay.
3: But I want to make this comment that he said, he said, you can have a relationship with Hashem here, but here it has to be b'chol of It has to be pure. You have to seek Hashem purely. In Eretz Yisrael, it seems. That even if you don't seek him so purely, he's there. <laughs> he's there. <laughs> have yeah, so therefore now. that should be an incentive to go to Eretz <laughs> <should> be- Okay, <laughs> I know
0: I'm not going to get a rabbi the show that's going to let us stay here in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always, at, at the end of the day, it has to, uh, it has yeah. to go. Right. I, I have to say, I heard a story about, about your father that at the Gulf War, there was a time, and we're going to have to end over that, that, there was a time that things were very rough. Just before, just, just before as the Gulf War. just as as we were working up you, to the go-forward. I'm sure you can guess what I'm going to say. You share yes. it with us.
3: Yeah,
0: and so so he
3: he he felt Mashiach was in the air, and he he never listened to radio. My father never listened to radio, never li- read a newspaper. And the only time he looked at Chai
0: him... wasn't around. That's what? Because right. Chaifem <laughs> wasn't around yet.
3: <laughs> he says, whatever I don't need to know, I, I don't need to know. He's busy with his avodas Hashem. What he needs to hear, he'll hear anyway. Never listen. But he asked me, turn on the radio, maybe we'll hear some sign of Mashiach. It was a little before nine, a few minutes before nine, I turned on the news. My father sat down, listened to the news very intently. And after the news, he says, no. That's not Mashiach yet. Mm, but for mm, sure he's gonna come on Hashanah something: That's how, that's how, that's how he, he, uh, he, he, he Mashiach was a reality to him. It was not just theoretically, Mashiach is
0: gonna come, he's gonna help us. He's coming, he's coming. Uh, that, that, that is amazing living it. I see as we're ending, we really have to end off, and as we're ending off, I see that Sasha Starr, the, the person who does the news, is coming in right now. So maybe we'll hear from her one day. One day we'll be able to hear from her, podcasting and hearing the Moshiach, maybe even today, maybe as, as fast as we can, and really live it on our day-to-day lives.
3: Chautz says a lot of the inventions are to help us with the coming of the Mashiach. The radio, SMSs, emails, is to help us to bring the Gerula, pass information
0: quickly, so we're ready. That's the one positive thing about social media, maybe the one positive thing that will help us get closer. Our time is up, Rabbi Schwab. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity coming here in South Africa, knowing where the right station to be is, and coming in here and sharing with us. And I wish that we all get together very closely in Eretz with Moshiach very soon. Amen. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Rabbi Schwab. Our show has come to an end. 101.9, Chai Fem, Chai Rabbi G. And we will please God see you all next week, Monday, 2 to 3.